Welcome to Next Level Greatness, the podcast. I'm already smiling because today's guest, I've been talking a lot about her actually. Her name is Andrea Crowder and you are the CEO of The Unruly Entrepreneur. I don't quite have a title for you. You're going to explain what it is and share with us what it is that you do, but you're not quite a business coach. You are, you're in the people business and I've known Andrea since 2011, maybe from our Beachbody days. And now, Andrea, you are just this big time rock star entrepreneur with the same huge heart. So yeah. welcome. Thank you. I used to say network marketing was like a business in a box. And like, you just get to take the little parts and make a business out of it. And like, just talk to people about the things that you love. But I, it was literally the thing that I needed to give me the, the nerve and the nervous system to be able to run a company on my own too. So I love that we both had that similar start. Yeah. And what I'd actually love to talk about today is the evolution of you, because really when I, I was just on your website and I was like, wow, it's impressive where you are now, but I've been watching you all along. So can we talk a little bit about your pre-Beach Body days, even just about your story and your background? I think a lot of times we see people that are ultra successful and we don't realize they have a past, they have a story. Mm -hmm. Share it. Yeah, I did some college, but I never finished. So I don't have a college degree. And I was, my ex used to say, you have career ADHD, <laughs> not me not realizing I actually have ADHD. I found that out later on when I was in my thirties, but the thing that's always been consistent with me is I love to see people feel good. And so I didn't even know that there was a personal development industry in my twenties. I didn't figure that out until the second half of my twenties. And I remember having this time when my ex was deployed and I saw this book called 20 something, 20 everything or something like that. And it was my first understanding of like self-help and realizing I just felt like directionless in my life. So to back it up a little bit, I had a teenage pregnancy. The father of my child, like, uh, got another girl pregnant within two weeks of me. He ended up deciding he wanted a relationship with her for one reason or another, dropped me off on the side of the road with all my things in a trash bag. And I had to collect, call a friend using like an old school payphone to come get me off the side of the road. And I ended up moving to Vegas, living with my mom, making five seventy five an hour to basically pay for diapers, taking the bus to work in the Vegas heat. I was like, wow, my life really dramatically changed. And the guy that I had been dating before I got pregnant, he walked away from me. He was like somebody that I really cared about, but he had a, he was like really building a career in the military. And he was like, you're going to, you're going to ruin my career. All my friends were drug dealers and strippers. And he's just, I can't risk my career for you as much as I care about you. So he left me. And when I got pregnant, we rekindled a friendship. That friendship became a relationship again. And we ended up getting married. He is actually on the birth certificate for my son. And so I became a military wife at a really young age. I was married by the age of 20, had another kid, I think the year after that. And so I was a really young mom, young wife. I do remember on my wedding night, actually feeling really depressed because my, my whole life I had been told basically like the things to look forward to are kids and marriage for women. 
And now I had done both by the time I was 20. And I remember driving to our honeymoon suite thinking I have nothing left to look forward to for my whole life. And I'm 20 years old. So I was a stay at home mom for a while. I took some jobs. I was not thinking, I wasn't planning for myself to have some big, amazing career. It was just, how do I make money? How do I take care of my kids? My career had become my children. And it was like, let me just take care of my family. Then network marketing kind of found me when I saw people on the internet, social media became a thing. And I, Joelle, who we're just talking about, who we both work with individually, she was posting on Facebook, talking about getting paid every single Thursday. And she was out on a boat all the time. And I was in here working my ass off for every dollar. My ex and I would fight over $3 somethings, like every dollar mattered in our lives. And there was never enough of them. And I really was just tired of getting sips of air and then feeling like I was drowning again. And here she was on this boat on the water all the time, just surrendered to like life and play and and laughter. And I'm just like, what does she have that I don't? And that is where my online career started. It's like seeing someone else live a life that I wanted and realizing like they might, there might be here, there might be something here for me, but it did take me a long time to figure out what that was. Like I reached out to her She told me about the network marketing company. I didn't respond to her. And I remember thinking one day, I'm going to watch the thing that she sent me. And then I'm going to go back and tell her no, because I promised her that I would. (laughs) Of course I didn't. Like my history started with network marketing and then became the business that I have today. Many iterations of it, but. Oh yeah. How beautiful. I had never, I've heard parts of your story, but to know that dreaming wasn't really a thing. It was really more about survival at first. And I see you as such a dreamer in the sense that really the sky's the limit and you're open to so many possibilities. As I went through the old, not message boards, but I went through Facebook because you've made over seven figures with network marketing when you decided to start your business. And I said, who? And I signed up for your program, The Pleasure Model, which I cannot recommend enough. It's just, it's so beautiful. And I, I told you, it's just your principles of, of pleasure and joy. And we're sitting right here and you've got a light thingy in the back that says savor. That's really what the pleasure model has me, but it's been like, it's just seeped into me, the, the pleasure. And so I went back to the group called the wall for the leaders in Beachbody And I went back to 2014, 2015, and I searched Andrea Crowder Conti, I think, right? And so I found so many of your posts and the red line that the through line, you always have been about community. You always have deeply cared about, oh, it just gave myself goosebumps. You've always deeply cared about the whole it would like the whole community and bringing things to the people. It's never been about how can I make all this money and me and recognition. Mm-hmm. And some of the seeds of what you're teaching now were there back then. So mm-hmm. how did this pleasure principle and, and you savoring life evolve through the years? I think you and I share similar um, stories in that we learned through what didn't work first. And it 
had physical ramifications on us mentally, physically, spiritually in our relationships. And I remember waking up one Christmas and I'm looking around and I'm like, okay, I have made seven figures here. I do also have money coming. Like I have income streams. I've now invested in $2 million home that we're restoring and and doing very well on paper. All of the check boxes were filled that society says, if you do these things, they will equal success. And yet it felt like I was swallowing razor blades and I was bleeding from the inside out. Like I was petrified and in excruciating pain on the inside. Like anxiety was my baseline every single day. And it just felt like the shoe's going to drop. I can't hold it. It'll all go away. And I say on like the intro of my podcast, it just feels like I was like that same girl, like swinging around a stripper pole, hoping and praying to make a 20. And it just felt, it felt like what I had and where I came from had never, it hadn't updated with me. And like the feelings and the sensations and the beliefs and the fears of what I came into this world with just hadn't gotten updated. And I was suffering on the inside. I spent the first two hours of every single day trying to move anxiety. It was like playing a game of whack-a-mole. And I say like the world taught me how to cope, but nothing until I start learned about rapid resolution therapy taught me how to clear. And it wasn't until RRT that I stopped playing that game of whack-a-mole. I hit it. It went down and it was down like KO'd for good. When did you discover RRT? How and yeah, because now it's very much a part of your work and the way that you've integrated it into your work is just masterful. Thank you. Yeah. So probably how most of us find modalities and that's through like our own personal need. And my ex had really extreme PTSD from his military career. And when 2020 hit, he was home all the time. And that was the same year that he was retiring. So he basically retired early because he couldn't go into the office with COVID and mental health accessibility was just very limited for every single person, pretty much worldwide. And so I was dealing with someone who was every single day having daymares and nightmares. We were both hardly sleeping at all. He would wake up in the middle of the night screaming. In fact, one night he woke up and he was having a seizure And I thought he was having a bad dream. It wasn't until I saw through like the shadows of what was going on that his hand was curled in a really weird way. And I was like, oh, holy fuck. So every single day was truly like genuinely medical emergencies. He fell off the roof one time. I'm telling you, this man was like internally and externally just like falling apart piece by piece. And every single day I woke up and I would, I still do my beach bodies workouts to this day. But during this time it was for survival. It was like, if I am not strong enough to run fast enough, someone in my life will die. My husband at the time, or my daughter's mental health was crashing. She was dealing with suicidal ideations. And every single day, if I heard a little noise, a yell, even if somebody laughed too loud, I was perceiving it as a scream and I went running. And so when he went into treatment, he was gone for about two months um, doing like deep inner work trauma treatment. And during that time, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have all of this energy back to put towards my business. I'm starting to launch my physical product company freak. And during that time when I didn't when I wasn't like running around trying to make sure he survived all of a sudden, my body was just like, and power off. (laughs) And I, yeah, 
I was exhausted and I like my, my physical body started to have symptoms. I was growing like fibroids and cysts in my uterus and, and my emotional state was like, it got to the point where I could barely hold on. And when I picked him up from two months of treatment, we got in the car to drive home because it was just three hours north of where we are today. And he looked over at me and it was quiet in the car for a minute. We had this beautiful like reunion. We got in the car, we started driving and he just looks over me. He goes, you okay? And I was just like, (laughs) like my whole, like nobody had asked me if I was okay in a long time. And I remember looking at him and I was like, I am not okay. I am hanging on by a thread. I feel it so deeply. Oh my God. I just, (laughs) so part of his post-treatment was to see this man named Wayne Brown, who I think you have, I've um, seen him. He's so great. He's so great. Yeah. We saw Wayne because we were looking for somebody who did ART, which was a part of his treatment there. And Wayne was like, we're not doing ART because RT is but like his repertoire is so big. He like has been trained in everything. So I go in and he does RRT on me for the first time. And he, you know, how it goes They're like, look at your hand or do this thing or think the scent, think about a wild animal or bird. And I'm just, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Don't you want to hear about my daddy issues? <laughs> He's just uh, like, no. <laughs> so he like, doesn't let me say much, but by the end of it, the, the feeling of anger that I had walked in with, that was sitting with me every day that I was like, clenching my teeth at nighttime. I had really bad, like locked jaw. My like jaw was just always sore by the end of it. I couldn't access the anger. All of a sudden my jaw is just like melting and surrendering. And I look at this man being extremely clear, curious when something can be that efficient and effective. And I looked at that white haired old man and I said, what the fuck did you just do to me? (laughs) And that was my intro to RRT. So I have to tell you that I discovered our, oh my God, Rapid Res RRT earlier this year in May. I listened to something by chance by Catherine Zinkina, mm-hmm. who you're friends with and you mentor, you coach her. And mm-hmm. I was like, I think I might need this. Like I had been stuck in a loop with health and with fatigue in particular, and I could not get out of it. And I was like doing all the things, right? Meditating, functional medicine, supplements all the things that I could think of therapy. And I did three sessions with Dr. John Connolly. And I was like, same thing. What the fuck is this? Like lions and tigers and like bears, <laughs> and bunnies and the carrots and the foxes. And maybe, and then I, I wasn't afraid to tell my husband Sagi, but I was like, yeah, I did this thing. He's like, I'm not even going to ask you like, cause I'm always doing stuff. Yeah. And, um, and then he was like, how much was that? I'm like, don't worry about it. And then I was like, I don't think this thing worked. I'm like, cause it doesn't like, just think of the lions and tigers they need to rest and I was like okay three weeks later I just started feeling like I had more spaciousness more capacity better health it's been what seven months and I feel freaking great and I think it really brings me to tears because Part of that along the journey, you know, that this is, it's not just like you take one, you do one therapy thing, or you take one program. I also signed up for your pleasure model. And one day I was listening to binging on some episodes at the acupuncturist. And so I was like, my meridians were, everything was really open. And here you are speaking to my subconscious. 
I left. I felt like I was on freaking mushrooms. Like I just felt, it was so amazing. I felt like I could conquer the world. So back to you and this magic. So I see how your life has been transformed with RRT. You already had this other business that was doing well. So how did you, how did that business evolve as a result of your transformation with RRT and how did you begin to incorporate that into your work? Yes. When I started learning the day that I had that session with Wayne and I was like, what the fuck did you just do to me? He handed me John's book, life-changing conversations by Dr. John Connolly. And so I started reading that. And the thing that I really deeply appreciate about that book is it does, it, it takes you through transcriptions of him helping other people through circumstances and improving them using RRT. But there's a column that explains to you his thought process and why he did that. And when I started reading that and how practical and logical it was bringing it into something that feels really illogical, like lions, tigers, metaphors, like I started to really understand I was trying to overcome. And this is, this was such a huge thing in network marketing. I always was asking myself, why me? And why these few people when there's so many people that come into network marketing and these people have big desires, they have big whys, they want to help their family. They want to make money. They love the products. They want other people to enjoy the products. Like what is stopping them? And it plagued me for eight straight years in that industry. And what he did was he started to break down that we were trying to use logic to help move a human being when only five of our five percent of our behavior comes from that the other 95 percent only responds to metaphor and symbolism and we were trying to use practicality and logic to be able to move that what we needed to do is we needed to have a conversation with the facet of our mind to cause emotion because when we cause emotion then we cause motion and i was like my brain broke reading his book and i was like I'm never going to be, I'm never going to be the same coach again. After reading that, I started implementing subtle little things that he said in that book, in my coaching sessions with people immediately. And my clients were like, what? Like their brains were breaking. And I was like, okay, there's something here. I got certified. And on my very first day of the certification, it was like hearing truth for the first time in my whole life. It was like, all of a sudden, everything made sense because John found this way of not only speaking to the logical part of our mind, but to the illogical part of mine. So he was getting a hundred percent buy-in from my brain instead of 5%, which is what most people are getting. And I'm just, I remember saying on that first phone call, John had no idea who I was. I was just this I was, I think the first coach from the coaching industry to show up in RRT trainings, the rest, I was the only coach in a room full of real therapists. And I felt real small. I was like, should I even be here? <laughs> I okay, felt- yeah. Look at the impact now that you've had, because I signed up to be, to get certified and there were many coaches in the room. So you started right. a training for sure. That was what I wanted. I remember thinking that when the coaching industry gets a hold of this, Nothing will ever be the same because we will be able to be so much more potent for people. But that very first phone call I looked at first, I was like, can I get through this? Cause this man's a slow talker. <laughs> I, was like, I don't know if I'm going to survive this training. But once I realized the potency of every word that he had, it didn't matter if he said them slowly because I was 
hooked. And I said to myself, I'm going to make that man my best friend and I'm going to put him in my pocket and I'm going to take him everywhere I go. <laughs> and now he is my best friend. He lives. I, I had no idea. He just lives an hour North of me. We go out for dinner and we hang all the time. We text each other. He calls my kids to check on them. Like he truly is one of the, one of my best friends. <laughs> oh my God. This is so beautiful. By the way, it's episode 86 with Dr. Connolly. So you can take a listen. He's a genius. And I did not know that about your blossoming friendship. He's just such a good soul. Yeah, he really is. What do you actually do? I remember listening. I don't know if it was in the pleasure model or a podcast, something that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. And you had a client who I think had sold his company for a billion dollars or something like that. And he's, I don't need a business coach. And you said, I'm not a business coach, but you work with many people who make seven, eight, nine figures. What do you actually do? And why would the ultra wealthy hire you for what? That was a date. <laughs> that one particular one of the oh. billion. <laughs> oh. That was a fun date. So what he said to me is his perception. He asked me the same question. What do you do? And for me, when I look at that, I'm like, I... I cultivate a different experience for people. I'm an experienced person. I used to say, I just want to help people feel good because people who feel good do good. And that was just like how I lived my life. What can I do to improve someone's experience and how they feel in doing the work that they already want to do? Because if there is more joy in it, and I didn't have concepts like pleasure over pressure, then those just popped out of my mouth sometimes on master classes, And then people just, there was such an uproar around them those became my branding, but it was really like, how do I change your experience in this so that you can keep going? Because I watched people like myself, people like you, people who are really ambitious have burnout periods and, and it just, it sucks. Like I, I hate it. And you're right. Like I do have such a heart for like community and the, especially the people who are pushing conversation forward, like yourself for him, he was like, I don't like people try to tell me I need executive coaches. How are people going to tell me how to do my business better? And I was like, I'm not an executive coach. I'm a people coach. I'm not going to tell you how to do your business better, but I'm going to help your people work better. And your people who already know your business will do your business better. And all of a sudden his brain was like, and I was like, imagine this. I was like, think about your sales team. Cause he had a, a thousand person workforce for his company. Think about your sales team. If they didn't fear rejection, what would happen in your business? He's like unstoppable. And I was like, that's what I do. I pull the pin on the fear of rejection. I neutralize that. They don't give a fuck about it anymore. I change their experience and making those calls in the follow-up. They're not afraid of like pain at the other end of it. It's either neutral or pleasure. So I've now eliminated the pain piece and they're just making the calls, they're doing the things. And he's like, why didn't I meet you 10 years ago? And I was like, I didn't know this shit 10 years ago, but you met me today. So what is it that you, when you work one-on-one with clients that are making seven, eight figures, Mm -hmm. when they don't necessarily have teams, what is it that you're doing to help them in their experience of entrepreneurship and life? Is that what you do? Yes. Some of my clients are like mid to high six figure earners. Most of them are seven figures and some of them have been eight figure earners. And what I'm looking to do is I'm looking to, there's a lot of people who can make millions of dollars and they are still driving a Lamborghini on a 
on a, a road full of potholes. And so my intention is to fill the potholes. So as they go, they're enjoying the experience so much more. And, or I do this work even through my digital program. So it's not just for those high Yes. I was just curious with that because that's, that was my next question. You have beautiful programs. I've done regulate. I've done um, the one, what's the one about the DMS? No doubt in the DMS. Yeah. That one's great. Really all of your programs that I've tapped into are wonderful and they don't feel like work. That's Mm -hmm. the thing. Someone in the pleasure model, Alexis said, that in previous courses, there are workbooks and you have to do all this work. And with your pro, your digital programs, you really are just listening mm-hmm. and something shifts. It's beautiful. Something, somebody messaged the other day and asked for a refund for one of my programs because she was like, there wasn't enough work with it. And I was just like, and you're like, girl, you need it, right? This is exactly what you need. I yeah. told her, I was like, can we get on a zoom? Because I'm like, I'm thinking you're understanding the word. I'm thinking what you're thinking is that you're going to need to continue to use that 5% to effort strongly. And you're not feeling that. And so there's a confusion happening. I do the majority of the heavy lifting for you guys by rearranging how you think about it. And you're right. It's subtle. And then it integrates. And sometimes we, like, I promise people all the time. I'm like, don't hire me. If you want a fast cash coach, I'm not your girl. I'm not interested in helping you make fast cash. There's people out there that can help you do that. I'm not that fiery energy. I am like that subtle energy where I'm going to install little ways of thinking and it's going to feel subtle. And then all of a sudden you're going to wake up to a different business and you're not going to want to burn it to the ground ever. Cause you're going to be happy for the one that you have. Absolutely. And I already feel that again, I'm doing a lot of different work and working with different coaches and I do a lot of different modalities, but I absolutely can say that this is your influence, even with my Christmas tree. One of the things that you talked about in the pleasure model was, for example, you had a client who had, and you talked about your own deadlines with a more book that you're like, oh man, and the journal, you said, I have to do this. I promised that it would be ready by the end of summer. And you're looking at the calendar. Okay. When is like summer solstice or, and then one day when you felt that healthy pressure, it just came out in just a few hours, like you wrote it. Right. And that is one small principle that has actually been so huge for me that I'm like, you know what? I have the intention of getting this project done or writing the sales page or whatever, but I don't feel like doing it. Before, I would force myself to sit my butt down and get it done. Now with my Christmas tree, I had three balls up there and it's been there for a week. And I was like, I just don't feel like doing it. But I know that when the desire comes, I'm gonna have, number one, I'm gonna have so much fun decorating the tree. And I'm banging out in an hour, right? And that's exactly what happened. It was like 6 p.m. I'm like, ah, the desire is here. And I just did the thing, just like you did your book and your clients just are able, the metaphor that you use was the faucet metaphor. Like you won't be able to turn off the faucet when that force just comes. Yeah, we just talked about this on the call that I was on before this with some clients. And it was like, let the work you. If it comes for you, it's going to use you and it's going to work you. And you are going to be happy to let it because the sensations that you feel like energy, artistry, creativity, pleasure, like joy, interest, appeal, and whatever. And even though you're doing it and I'm trying to express to people, I'm not interested in you in 
in you like sitting in meditation all day long for six years of your life and doing nothing because why did we come into the human experience? I'm really interested in your body moving, but I'm really interested in the ideas moving your body, letting them work you. And it's different when you work them. It's so different. That's it's the very experience of life, right? Like we, it just feels different qualitatively. Yeah. It's just a beautiful experience when it's just moving through you. Uh, so what is one last question? What does your work week look like using your own, following your own principles of pleasure and pressure, healthy pr pressure? Yeah. I start with what my values are and my values are spaciousness. So my mornings stay really clear until I normally have one 10 AM call a week, but normally they start off at 11 and my 10 AM call is just with my COO. Who's also one of my best friends. So it's really, it's what you do this weekend. <laughs> like we're catching up mostly pleasure and then a little bit of work, but I really don't like to start my day until at least 11. And then it's been so different during seasons. So the lately I'll have calls scattered throughout the week, usually like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I have one call on Monday and in 2024, I'm only going to do calls on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So I'm constantly checking in with myself. And if I were to have a strategy, the one strategy that has stayed consistent as always, and that's it. I just, I constantly check in, put my hand on my heart and ask myself, what do I need? And then I put my attention on having done it. So I have projects that are going on at all teams. I have an, at all times, and I have an amazing team that helps support a lot of those projects. And, and with my pieces that need to get done, I'm looking at the variety of different projects going on. And then it's almost like an energetic muscle testing where I'll go through and I'll look at, okay, am I going to record content for the podcast for programs? Am I going to create, am I going to edit some stuff that my new social media person is going to put through? And so I'll place my attention on them or my finger on them. And then I'll notice which one has an increase of energy for me. So most people are like, what's coming first. And they're like trying to do things in a really logical and practical way. I don't do that at all because when I look for the task that has the energy for me in it, the task gets done really expeditiously. <laughs> this is what I've learned from you. Like everything that you just described, this is the way that I've been living. Oh, Andrea, I'm so touched right now. This is the way that I've been living my life for the past few months. And I just, it's, yeah. oh, it's, it feels so freaking good. No, I don't feel like this doing this. So I don't do it. And then it, everything gets done and it's getting done beautifully and I'm just happier. Yes. Thank you. Oh, that makes me so happy. <laughs> this is all I care about. <laughs> yes. Yes. I know that. And so if you're listening, I have a cherry, a sweater, a cherry sweater with cherries, because what is it that you say about the cherry on top energy? Yes. So most people are doing business, looking to find like the sugar and the outcome, right? It's in the results. They're looking for that, like sweet hit, the dopamine hit in the money coming in. And I build my whole business in looking for, I want to feel that sweetness in process. So the way that we just explained of what is it that I really want to do? And I say like the process is the cake. 
And the outcome, the money, the accolades, the successes, those are all just cherries on top. They're nice to have, but not necessary because the cake is already so fucking good. Mm, I love this. Andrea, thank you so much. How can people find you? How can they work with you? Because you really have such a body of work. There are so many different ways and I'll put everything in the show notes, but how can they find you? Where's the best place to start? Yeah. If you want to come over to Instagram, love underscore Andrea Crowder, you guys can DM me the word wealths for some fun, free goodies and then, or DM me the word VIP for another free goodie. So those are two things that you guys can access just to taste the work. And then I would say my podcast, like the, the unruly entrepreneur is where I put some of the stuff that I put on the podcast, I also put in my programs. Cause I'm like, this is so good. It has to go in a whole program too. So I look at every piece of content that I create as like a micro piece of art. And I want it to be full and complete individually. And my podcast is like my love child. So you're very generous. You're generous in your programs. You're generous on your podcast. You're just a generous, you're the generosity overflows. Oh my God. Can we finish with this little, this is a good place to end, but I have to tell them that when I took the pleasure model, you dropped an episode that was seven minutes and I was like, she cheated me. I was like, I can't believe, I can't believe I'm admitting this, but it was, I was waiting all week for this one episode And it was seven minutes of like, delicious joy. And it was on joy. And I felt so embarrassed and just exposed and ashamed all the things when I was like, oh my God, did I really just have the thought that Andrea cheated me with a seven minute episode? And I listened to it and I was like, oh, I'm going to have to really reevaluate my own perception and feelings on time and amount and more is more and sometimes less is more. So you are just the gift that that keeps on giving, Andrea. Thank you for saying that. The funny thing is that was a, that was more of like a bonus episode. I want to say it wasn't one that I was intending to create. It wasn't a part of the curriculum, but I do remember you saying that in the thing. (laughs) Let that be a lesson for all of us. Like the way that we can deliver potency in such a shorter, and what do we value the most? We value our time. So like my job is like, how can I say this in the shortest time possible in order to get the job done? And yeah, like that was my, I want to, I'm going to call my assistant out and tell a funny story. I sent her one time. This was back when I was sending checks <laughs> for her payments. And so she was on like auto pay for her, like every two week check that she would get. And then I sent her an extra check and she thought that the check that I sent her was supposed to be the regular check and that I sent her less. <laughs> she was just like, I got cheated. <laughs> it was like, yeah. Actually extra. <laughs> like we all fucking do that shit. Right. We're not, it's, we're not used to abundance and overflow. And even in, in the pleasure model, I'm like, you keep giving, what the heck you keep adding stuff. You keep giving us. And it's just, we're not even close to done. (laughs) Yeah. You model abundance, generosity, ease so beautifully. So thank you. Really. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. And I'm so excited for my listeners to, to get to know you and to discover you and yeah, dive into your world. Thank you, Andrea.